Let's turn to our theme verse, Jude chapter number Jude chapter number twenty-two. Jude chapter one and verse twenty-two. When we found out about the theme and what was what you were learning and what God was doing, wanted to take a look at this. God's given me something sort of unique. Nothing strange or odd but it's probably a little different from what you've seen so far. Not that there's something contradicting or different in the Word of God. But God let me key on a certain word in our text that I'm going to read. And I'm going to launch from there, so I'm telling you this right now so that you can just hang on a minute, I'm going somewhere with it all. Amen. It's going to be one of those times. But I want you to take a look. At Jude chapter number 1, we'll start reading in verse number 17. When you read the Word of God, young people, old people, and everyone in between, I've been all of those and heading towards even more, amen. You've got to stop and look at the words. Don't just read through them. Look what the words mean. Break the words down. Don't think that you know what every word means in the Word of God. You need to have a dictionary and get some true meanings. That's what we're going to take a look at. In this passage of Jude 17, it says, But beloved, right there, who's he talking to? He's talking to the saints. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the loved. Beloved, remember... He's now saying, look, I need you to concentrate on what I'm about to tell you. I need you to take some time. Dear church, I want you to focus. I need you sometimes when I'm teaching kindergarten children. I have learned a little trick when they get rowdy. Them and also adults. Amen. And sometimes when I have to, I say, put your focus goggles on. And those little kids all over Africa will go, and they'll be looking at me like this. And I say, now focus with me. Listen to what I have to say. God's saying the same thing to the church in this Scripture. So therefore, it's very important. I want you to understand what is about to be said. In uh, the rest of the verse, it says, Remember ye the words which we spoke were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. That these be they who separate themselves. Now he's pointing a finger. He's saying, focus with me in the time frame that you're living. Do you realize this was written in a different time frame than you and I live? Same God. Different time. Where is the God of Abraham? Where's Abraham? Where's the God of Isaac? Where's Isaac? Where's the God of the apostles and of Paul and and the great men in the Bible and the women that we've read about? 
It's the same God. God still lives. It's with a different generation. It's with a different people. It's the same message. It's the same God. And He's wanting to do the same thing that He's put in His book in those past days. He's wanting to do it with you and me today. Amen. There's nothing different about that. Just a different time. God's in eternity. God created time for you and me. And the difference in our space of time is the eternity of heaven or the eternity of hell. And what's in between time? How much time we have to try to keep people out of hell. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the blessings that you've given already. And Father, I ask you please, you take over my mind. Lord, I need to hear from heaven. And these people need to hear from heaven. They don't need to hear from Brother Jeff. They need Holy Scripture. And Father, help me to formulate the thoughts. And may the words coming out of my mouth be pleasing unto thee. Because when you're pleased, everything is good. Help us now in these days, our time, dear God. In Jesus' name, amen. As we look at this in verse 19, it says, These be they, he's going to give you who he's talking about. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. That separate, where it says separate themselves, they're separating from the church. They're separating from the brethren. They're separating themselves. They're causing a line of division. They don't want any part of really, they have a religious act about them, but they don't really want anything to do with what's really going on with the missions conference. These are things I want you to see about our day and time. They don't want to come to a Wednesday night. They don't want to come to Sunday school. They just want a little bit of what they want and that's it. What I want you to see is the same people in a past time. Here we are in a different time with the same people in the situation. God said, I need some people to just serve me anyway. God said, I need some churches just going to get some backbone and just be steady about it and just go serve God. Amen. I want you to see this. It says, but these who have separated themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit, they've separated themselves from the work of charity. You know what charity is? It's love. That's just another, that's just another word. In the Bible, charity means love. Love is charity. Well, what's charity? It's when you give something away to the, to a charitable contribution somewhere. Now listen, what is charity? What I just said, when you give something away or you give something to charity, that's a result of charity. Love is what makes you do it. You want to give Bibles to missionaries? You want to give godly Scripture items to be able to be printed to get to children and to reach them? You do that because of the love of God in you. This is what he's showing here as a separation. And I want you to see in verse number 12, uh, 20. Now he's going to focus on you and me. He says, but ye, beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith. That word, that term, building up, that's something you and I are supposed to be doing. You say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a young Christian, or I'm an old Christian, and I want to know more about God. Praise God for that. That desire is there. But it doesn't just happen. It's not just by osmosis. It just does not happen 
without, wouldn't it be nice if you could just sleep on the Word of God, put it under this ear, and you get half the Bible the next night, you put it under this ear and it soaks in? It would really be nice. But that's not how it works. And we don't have an easy download button either. Amen. I'm glad of that too. Amen. I'd be getting like Wi-Fi trouble in here, you know what I'm saying? But here's what I want you to see about this. It takes a diligence for you and me to want God, and how much more do you want God? Listen to me. I want you to search you. I want you to look at you. I'm not responsible for you. I'm responsible for me. I've got to look at me. How much do I want God? How much of God do I want? How much am I willing to let God have? It's something that you've got to work on. You work on it. Preacher talked about it this morning. These are accumulative. These are things that, it's steps that you grow in. It's things, Bible reading. That's tremendous power. It's not just reading, but it's studying. It's getting a dictionary. It's getting some Greek. Hey, listen, I don't have a Greek scholarship whatsoever, but I've got a, a Bible app on my phone that has Greek. Amen. It makes this old boy look pretty good sometimes, I'm telling you. Greek and Hebrew and, and look at these words and look at their meanings and go and really just thrive learning what God has for us. Do you realize in our prayer life how much power we really do have that we do not use? Do you realize that God wants us to talk with Him? He wants us to, to, to communicate with Him. He wants us to trust Him for great things. It doesn't mean we're great. It means that He's wanting to do something through a church. He's wanting to do something through a people. He's wanting to do something in this time like He did in the other times. There's no difference. Same God. Get your head around that. You know, sometimes, things sometimes are so big, I just can't hardly get my arms around it. And for me to have the privilege to go to the throne room of God, the very presence, Jesus made the way from what the work was done on the cross for me to go in to God. The God who created this world. Have you ever thought about how God created the world? Have you really thought about it? How do you make a rock? How, I mean, it's stick together. How do you make water and it doesn't just go everywhere? How does God do what God did? He created this. Can I show you what He did? He created you and me. How do you do that? Everybody I try to make, you know, He says that my man was created out of dust. My mud pie people, they just dissolve. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing to them. We're all just a bunch of mud, amen? But God makes it special. He's the one you're serving. How much are you willing to let Him have of you? That's what we're looking at making a difference. Are you a difference maker? Sincerely. Are these things in you? Or is this desire in you? Are you wanting God this much? Are you wanting to see God do things that you've never even really dreamed about that He would do through you or around you or through your church? God says, 
Trust me. Try me. God says, I'm just waiting on you. One of the things I want you to see in this building up yourselves on your most holy faith, look what it said the very next thing in verse 20. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. The charismatics, they have got us scared to death to say anything about the Holy Ghost. He said the Holy Ghost. Did you hear what he said? Something must be wrong. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. No. We need the Holy Ghost of God. We need God's Holy Spirit to guide us and to show us and help us to understand He's our go-between. Jesus is our go-between. And that Holy Spirit indwells us with a lot of understanding. What I want you to see in that is this right here. This word praying is so abused. So not used. Anything. Dear God, anything but prayer. And you got to sing the song, Sweet Hour of Prayer. And you know that some of you, just like I has been in the past, listen to me, sing that song, I was a liar. But I look good on the outside singing that song, Sweet Hour of Prayer, huh? But on the inside, I knew something was wrong. What I want you to see, and what I want you to see right now, I'll finish up tonight. God has, has laid this on my heart, but I want you to see a direction we're going to go in about making a difference. The only way that you're going to make a difference is through that prayer life. The only way you're going to make a difference in somebody else's life, it's not how much you can do, it's not how much charity you can do, it's not how many you can feed, it's how, what you leave with them through the Spirit of the Holy Ghost of God that it's going to make the difference in that future. He talked about it earlier. 30 years later, that man got saved. Hey man! That's what I'm talking about. Now watch. There's something that the Lord has shown me in our churches. There's something that the Lord has shown me over these last couple of years that's so vitally important about our prayer life. I want you to just hold right here. We may not come back to this part tonight, right now, but we'll come back to it just a little bit tonight maybe. But I want you to go over to Genesis. I feel urged to go to Genesis at this time. I want you to see this. In Genesis chapter number 2. Genesis chapter number 2, it gives us some insight about God the Creator and what He did. And I want you to see, and we'll put this together, about making the difference. Making a difference in your family. Making a difference between you and God. Making a difference in the community. Making a difference in soul winning. Making a difference in giving and tithing. And just all around, this is what we need. And we overlook it so much. In Genesis chapter number 2, that's in the beginning of the Bible for some of you. Amen. And so Genesis chapter number 2. Well, listen, you've got kids in here. Genesis chapter number 2. I want you to see this in verse number 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Listen, 
I, that amazes me. God said, watch this. He took the simplest of elements. He took dirt. Amen. That's what this is. Dust, dirt, and he made man. And the women right now are budging or, or nudging the husband going like, that's right, preacher said, you're dirt. <laughs> Amen. I want you to understand something. That's who I am. That's what I was made out of. That's what God did. Wasn't nothing I did. I'm a pile of mud, just like you're a pile of mud. I'm a pile of dirt. When I'm done, I'm going back to dust. Amen. But not my soul. Got that soul taken care of between me and God. But I want you to see this. Man was formed by God. He was formed a special way. He was formed a process. And God said, this is how I'm making man. So look what happened next. In verse 8, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. Now God did the planting, but look what He did. He put the man, he, he, and there He put the man whom He had formed. So now He gave him a job. He created him out of dirt. He created him out of the dust of the ground. And that, to me, is just most, just most amazing how you can pay, make a pile of dust breathe into a human body. That's the God I serve. That's the God you serve. And I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm just tickled to death, amen, about being a pile of mud, amen. Because my God formed me that way. Now watch this. If you go on down a little bit further in, in verse number 18, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. So God said, I got man, he's working the garden. I got man, he's taking care of the dirt because he's dirt and he knows how to handle dirt. Amen. Man is dirty. Man is just formed of the dust of the ground. He has a certain way that God said, here's how I want man to act. Here's what the responsibility of man is. And this is what God said, I formed man first. I formed a certain way. He's doing a certain job for me. And I want God, God said, I want man this way. But as things were going along, he's looking at man going like, that boy needs some help. Now, God didn't make a mistake. God had a plan. I want you to get a hold of this. Where are we going with making a difference? Hang on, look at this. God said He needs some help. He doesn't have the finesse to do certain things. He doesn't have... He's just, he's just a blunt instrument. He's just, he gets the job done and I can count on Him, but there's another side of this thing called life. That God said, I want man to experience and to trust me about. Watch. In the same verse, verse number 18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I, God said, I will make him a helpmeet for him. And so what happened was that helpmeet is, is a very particular Term. We'll talk about it more later. But I want you to see what happened. In verse 21, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs. God took a rib, closed up the flesh instead, 
and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her to the man. Man was made from dust. Man was made for a specific purpose. Man was made in the image of God, and God says, I have a purpose, I have a plan, but no matter what, man was made from dirt. But woman was made from prime rib. Amen. Amen. She wasn't dirt. She was prime rib. Hey, listen, she was top cut. Listen, it comes straight from the rib of Adam. And when God brought her to Adam, he looked at her. He had never seen a woman before. He's going like, mm-hmm, I like that. Because that's prime rib. Not like me. Watch this. God said, I made man for a purpose. And I've made woman for a purpose. Now watch. As we look at this and we start looking at these things, I want you to go back to verse 18 and look what it says about help meet. Read it again. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help meet. When you look at the definition of help meet, it means this. It means to come together from opposite directions. It means to come together one point in agreement, but you come from opposite directions. Get a hold of that. Men, have you ever been driving down the road and you were just fine? Everything was fine. You was not thinking about anything. Amen. You were not thinking about anything. I'm driving down the road. I'm enjoying my truck. I'm enjoying the air conditioning. I'm enjoying, listen, the outdoors. I'm in, not so much the traffic, but it's okay. I'm driving. I'm enjoying. And my wife says, what are you thinking about? And I look at my wife and I say, nothing. And my wife then interprets, well, you just don't want to talk to me. And she begins to say, well, what have I done? Why are you not wanting to talk with me? Honey, I'm just not thinking about anything. I'm happy. Well, how can you be thinking about nothing when you're driving? And I'm like, what happened? I was just fine. Men, ladies, listen to me. The men have a nothing box. Ladies, listen to me. You need to understand. Men, you'll get yours in a minute. I want you to get this. We are made to come together from opposite directions. That help meet. To come together from opposite directions. Us men, 
We have what I call a nothing box. I can get into my nothing box and I'm thinking about nothing. But a woman's mind is not like that. A woman's mind, and I mean nothing bad or harmful about this, but a woman's mind is like a bowl of spaghetti. It is. It has intricate parts. Have you ever tried to unroll a bowl of spaghetti? There's things that cross, crisscross, and date. Listen, I'm driving down the road, and all of a sudden, I've cut my finger or something. I don't know. How do you do that driving down the road? You've never driven with me before. But sometimes, I may have a cut, and I'll say, man, that hurt. And all of a sudden, my wife will look, and she'll see that, and she'll go, did you like my red shoes? <laughs> I'm bleeding! And you talking about red shoes? Well, yeah, that red made me remind about my red shoes. It's a spaghetti brain. It is intricate, and it never stops thinking. Men, men, listen to me. We can get in our nothing box and we can absolutely enjoy doing nothing. But with the ladies, it's planning this. And if I plan this, what's going to happen if this? And if that happens, what's going to happen here? But, and, what will they, and what am I going to do when it gets to... They are trying to plan everything. You know why? Because me and you men are made of dirt. It's a little bit more simple up here. Let me put it this way. When God made man, He made man like a Tupperware goblet, that cup. You remember the Tupperware cups? They came in that crazy green and orange and... Yeah, you can't kill them. You honestly, that Tupperware tumbler, you can take it, you can beat it, you can dig dirt with it, you can put rocks in it, you can carry it around for all kinds of tools, you can dump it all out, wash it out, and you can have a good glass of clean water out of it. It's multi-function. It's multi-use. That's how God created you. God created man, listen ladies, He created man to be multifunctional, to be a rugged thing, to be something that He could burden down and it wouldn't break. That's what your husband is. That's what a man is. Turn with me. Let me put you one last piece of the puzzle and we'll save the rest of it for tonight. Turn with me to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter, I don't know, 3. Yes, 1 Peter chapter 3. Let me put this together for you and I'll give you this to think on today. The next time you want to have a fight, the next time you want to have a disagreement with your spouse, either one of you, or you want to pick a fight or anything like that, listen to me. How in the world can we serve God when we are at odds together? Let me show you something. When God made woman, 
He's talking about a godly woman. When God made man, He's talking about a godly man. In Jude 22, it was talking about how we are to build upon that great faith. How we are to go forward and to build upon that ourselves. Many times, we don't put the pieces together and how important this thing about prayer is. In 1 Peter chapter number 3, it says this, and many times you ladies have heard this and you get upset about it, but let me show you. In verse number 7, 1 Peter 3 and verse 7, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to the knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, look what it says, as unto the weaker vessel. It does not mean that they're lesser. You've got to know what the words mean. It said weaker vessel. It didn't say lesser vessel. Where did God take the rib out? He took it out. Of course in the ribs. Where did God take the prime rib out? In the rib, in the side. It wasn't dirt that the man steps on. It wasn't from the foot. It wasn't from anything. It, it was, he didn't take it from the brain matter for her to overlord the man. No. They walked together side by side. Watch. That weaker vessel, the man is made out of that heavy-duty Tupperware tumbler that God can cram whatever He wants into it. He can overfill it. He can put rough. He can put hard. He can put all kinds of hot and cold. He can put all kinds of things in that tumbler. He can use it for whatever, even digging dirt. He can even throw it at a robber and hit him in the head and make him go away. I'm telling you. But that weaker vessel... It's like fine china. God said, I made woman a certain way. I made man that heavy duty tumbler out of Tupperware. But not so with the woman. She's more like fine china. You can't do just everything with the woman. She has her specific purpose. She has a plan from God. But that fine china, you can't, you can't put rocks in it. You can't put extremes, heats, and colds. You can't put rugged things. You can't beat uh, against the ground. You can't drop. And let me show you, because if you do, it'll mar the finish. It'll, you overload the china and it'll break. It has a resistancy. You have to be careful. With the fine china. I was 12 years old when my sister was born. I was the only child for 12 years. I had it made. I was the only grandson. I was the only grandchild. I had it made. My sister came along and everything changed. It was all about Diane. It was all about the little girl. 
What happened to Jeff? What happened to Jeffrey Paul? What happened to... Where did he go? He's still here. But nobody saw him anymore. It's okay, I'm not holding a grudge. But I want you to see something. As mean as my little sister was, I'm telling you, I am not lying on this. I'm behind this pulpit. Amen. My sister, when she would be a little child, she would get... She, I, let me tell you how bad this was. She would come out into the hallway at her bedroom. I would be in the kitchen at the other end of the hallway. My mother's and father's room was to the left at the, hall, at the other end of the hall. All of a sudden, my sister, small child, looked at me and she goes, and she bust out crying. She's screaming. Tears going down her face. She's in distress. I'm standing down here. Mom comes out, grabs hold of my little sister. What's wrong, honey? What's wrong? And mom looked at me and said, what'd you do to her? And my little sister over on my mama's shoulder goes, I didn't do anything. I was in my nothing box. But my sister had planned that. Praise God she's saved now. Amen. What I'm needing you to see is this, though. What changed in our home was my daddy. My daddy changed. Me and him still were best of friends and good buddies. And he was still my parent, though, trust me. But we still hunted and we still fished. And, and he would still rough me up. And I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about just mainly things. He would lay rocks on me in my, in my tumbler cup. Amen. But let me show you something. When Diane came, my daddy looked at that fine china different than he did me. The love was still there for both of us, but Diane became daddy's girl. Do you know, ladies, do you know who you are? Have you really thought about who you are to God? You're daddy's girl. You're daddy's girl. Husbands, do you know who your wife is? She's daddy's girl to God. Look what the verse says. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to the knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker, not lesser, weaker vessel, as and as being heirs together, and as being heirs together, and as being heirs together of the grace of life. He made you different. That your prayers be not hindered. You want to make a difference? You need to realize who you are before God. And how God's put you together. 
And you need to realize, men, you have your role. The ladies have their role. But she's fine china. And I've got to be careful with my wife not to overload and make her do what's supposed to be my responsibility. Because I can crack that china. Ladies, gentlemen, when's the last time you had an effective prayer life together? That help meet. Ladies, you're not to dominate your man. He's the head. He's the beginning. He's what God created first for a specific use. You're to walk side by side with Him. You're His help meet. And men, don't you regret that she's a help meet because she thinks about things different than you do. God said, you're coming together at one point from opposite directions so that I can use you both. God said, you need to get it right. Father, we thank You for this day. We thank you.